into the contest. It is Tuesday the 19th of July. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shane, just slowly getting back into some sort of sleeping pattern after watching uh, Cameron Smith. And <laughs> a mate of mine who I, I visited Scotland with a few years ago just sent me a video last night of, of me. And I sent it to you, of course, of <laughs> putting the ball across a green and ending up in a bunker. It, it, it's just... <laughs> It, it's you have to be there to realise how difficult some of those holes are and how amazing Cameron Smith played. We should definitely put that video up on our socials to have a look at your putt that went. It felt like it went for 100 metres up and over hills, then down into the uh, into the Lebanese lawn or the bunker as we call it. Um, but yeah, I think there's a little expletive at the end from you, Tim. Very frustrated. Maybe if we do chuck that up on socials, we'll chuck out that. Um, yeah, I think it was a it was a crow call right at the end, wasn't it? It was an awful. Part. Anyway, we've got a huge show on the way today. Ash Barty, she's put a line in the sand. I think that everyone else wants her to continue to play, but she speaks her mind. We're going to talk about that. Peter Thompson's ashes scattered at. St Andrews and then what happened later that day and of course Josh Kennedy the Sydney Swans looks like he's going to make a triumphant return If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. Shana, often I think um, when you see a sports person or someone in public life decide to retire or walk away from something or move on, lots of people around them really can't understand why and can't Mm. quite come to grips with it. Now, Ash Barty um, almost seemed agitated when asked this question again, like because she was playing golf, are you going to be a professional golfer? And she basically just said, look, I'm not going to be a professional anything. I've done my tennis. I'm happy with my decision. Blah blah blah. Whether or not it's right, and whether or not it's going to end up being true, um, but there is this thing, isn't there? There is this thing that people think, oh, it's more about them than the individual themselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying, and look, I think I feel the same way. I think the thing with Ash Barty that everyone really, mm. um, what resonates with everyone with her is that she's so relaxed. She's been such a champion. She had the she has the world at her feet. Um, still at 25. But she's yeah. very, very content within herself. And I think people really struggle that I think most people would say oh, I'd give any opportunity to have, you know, the tenth of her ability um, and the opportunities in front of her. But look, she's just very, very comfortable in her own skin. She's she's done all she's wanted to do. And you have to admire that because it's very, very brave to walk mm. away. I look, and I'm not comparing myself at all to Ash Barty, but often when I get in discussions with people, and it's nice when they talk about oh, all your time on the Today Show and this and the other, and I had an amazing 23 years mm. at Channel 9, but contextually, you know, 23 years is a long time anywhere, isn't it? Like in, in someone's job. So yeah. yep. she's living her life um, and the others are looking outside in. So, yeah, interesting. But, boy, I wish I could play a four like she does. Now, cricket, test captain Pat Cummins. Look, they've got to really look after him, don't they? He's had, he's had injuries in the past. Um, he's prone to injury and a magnificent player with extra responsibilities. But uh, they, they're continuing to rest him to get through his niggles. Yeah, and you have to. Uh, as a fast bowler, he's our Ferrari. There's no doubt about that. And um, what the frustrating thing here is, Tim, is that 50 over cricket once again doesn't really get um, all the best players. It, it 
50 over cricket now is really just used as a scheduling tool and by that I mean it's just a filler almost for for, for um, a broadcaster's summer um, and, and you often see it we're really focusing on, on test cricket we're focusing on T20 cricket um, because the players earn a lot of money but the the bit in the middle unfortunately the bit that I played is the bit that's not getting the attention and you're seeing less and less of the of the of the real stars playing full full schedules. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do with one days. I uh, whether they'll mm. modify them, whether they'll reduce it. There's been always discussions or recent discussions about whether they go to 40 overs or change it is it too long. Yeah, I look at, I totally agree and uh, it's it's really really hard for me as a as a former 50 over player. Um you know, I I love the sport, but you know, people move into fast pace these days, so T20 really suits them. Then you have the traditionalists who love their test cricket. So there's that bit in the middle of the 50 overs. Will it last? I don't. I don't think it will in the long run. Yeah, it's gonna. It's gonna struggle, isn't it, with congested yep. scheduling and everything else. And Steve O'Keefe has really found a space for himself as a real specialist in in T20 cricket. Sydney Sixers. Uh, look, he's had his. He's had the odd uh, moment of trouble, Steve. I, I really like mm. him. You know him well. I, I know him well. Um, and he's playing on. He's he's done a great job for the Sydney Sixers, and I think without the bubble and and other things, he he's happy to play on into his thirty eighth year. Yeah, fantastic. I reckon I, I I do like Stephen O'Keefe. I think he's a fantastic cricketer um, and a very very good spin bowler. Uh, subtlety being the key, I think in this world that we live in, I alluded to it with the last story, but the world that we live in, everything's over the top and everything's so dynamic. Well, he's very, very subtle in what he, in the way he goes about his spin bowling left arm. And I think Greg Shippard, the coach of the Sixers, summed it up beautifully saying he's more of a spiritual leader. And he said, experience doesn't get old, which I think is a fantastic quote from the coach. But yeah, 37 years, he's playing all of uh, every season for the Sixers, 12th season there. So well done, Stephen O'Keefe. Longevity, fantastic. Yeah, and you can't buy it. You can't buy experience. Now, um, this was a nice story that uh, popped up on social media yesterday. Peter Thompson, of course, um, Australia's most successful golfer, particularly when it came to the British Open. He won five British Opens, including one at St Andrews. And uh, it was... Uh, it was it was quite an amazing story. His son posted, Andrew posted, that he'd scattered his dad's ashes, Peter Thompson's ashes, over the 18th green at St Andrews at like 6 o'clock in the morning uh, prior to the final day. And then later that day, Cameron Smith was coming out to win it. Um, it, was, uh, it was a nice synergy. Yeah, a bit spooky, wasn't it, um, for yeah. him to actually do that and then uh, to see another Aussie win. Um, maybe there is someone above their team looking looking down on the Aussies, but uh, yeah, what a fantastic goal to win that tournament five times! Genius. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it certainly does have a, a mystique about it. That particular golf course in that part of the world. Uh, now, speaking of Scotland, it looks like Aaron Moy is being linked with Ange Postecoglou's Celtic. Yeah, it's, it's I think a very very um, interesting uh, option for him here. Moy's been playing with the Chinese. Uh, team Shanghai Port. He's 31 years mm. of age, an ex-Melbourne City um, star, um, but he definitely gives his a, a playmaking role. And uh, to join the hoops, where, where that, as we know, they're at the top of their game, uh, is a great signing for him personally. Whether he works and gels with that team, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, plenty more to come. AFL, NRL, and much more.
AFL, Nathan Buckley, will we referred to the fact that uh, he's meeting with Ben Amafia, uh, the boss of North Melbourne, was more just a, a mental health catch-up and a walk, and he's not going to coach North Melbourne. Well, he's doubled down. He's basically said, oh, I've got no uh, um, passion to go back and work as a coach. Look, when you look at it upon reflection, taking the team to the grand final, a grand final they probably should have won mm. if you're a Collingwood fan. Uh, five times to the finals uh, after his illustrious playing career. I sort of get why he probably doesn't want to go back. Well, it's a full-on role, isn't it? Particularly based in Melbourne and particularly when he coached the Collingwood Football Club where they expect a lot a lot of both their coaches and captains and their mm. players. It, it is like living in a fishbowl. So I can see he's probably really just enjoying the freedom now that he gets by working in the media. And I won't say working in the media is a cushy job, but I'll tell you what, you haven't got the spotlight on you every day. Once the match is finished, you go home and you have dinner with your friends and your family, and that's about it. You don't have to worry about your players or your staff or anything else. Um, but, yeah, I just think there's a lot less pressure for him. He's probably just enjoying a bit of time. Don't forget, he went straight from pl- as a player, right it pretty much straight into mm. coaching. So he's never really had a rest. And I think maybe just coming up for air here, doing a media role, is really, really suiting his lifestyle at this point in his life. Yeah, and as a sports expert, it is, as you yeah. say, you're the one doing the talking and you can you walk off into the distance yep. without the, the heat and the pressure. Uh, look, uh, the Sydney Swans, you, you and I are both Sydney mm. Swans fans, hands up on that one. Uh, John Longmire coming out saying, look, he's not going to comment on the Lance Franklin situation. He doesn't comment about contracts. But uh, some positive news for the Swans, and this is probably an area where they really need as much help as they can get, uh, is you know Josh Kennedy, he came back through the AFL, looks like he's going to return with the Swans experience. I know there's Buddy there, but there's a lot of young guys in the Swans and they, they, they need that balance. Yeah, we just talked about a spiritual leader uh, at the Sixers with Stephen O'Keefe and I think that's what Josh Kennedy does for the Swans. He has a lot of experience. Whether he plays the same sort of role, he's always been a rule on baller and, and just um, a midfielder and just all over everyone. Um, whether his body allows him to do that after tearing his hamstring tendon. Um, but he'll come back in that team and play some sort of role. And I like the way that Longmire said too, I'm not going to comment on Buddy's contracts. I don't do that. I, I, I'll, I'll comment on his football and how he's going to play a role moving forward and get us into the finals. Latrell Mitchell was brilliant on the oh. weekend and it does make you wonder uh, how he would have gone if he was there on Wednesday night. Uh, I think you and I were both in that school of thought. Um You'd almost pick him if he's fit because he's such an X factor. And look, it it almost hurt, didn't it, when he came out and said, oh, that number three jersey for New South Wales is mine, uh, particularly once the series was over. Well, for those who saw the match against the Bulldogs on the weekend, far out, he was big. He looked bigger. His hair was – he's grown his hair out. So he looks bigger, I reckon, um, as a player. But he looks so fast. And we lost a lot of speed, didn't we, by losing him. And that last fend on Josh Adokar to score that try, that was like – Go f yourself, mate. Get out of my way. I'm I'm back and Latrell, and he look. He may have a bit of an effect on how South go for the rest of the season. A bit like a certain player did uh, Travojevic at the at Manly last year. So, yeah, look, that number three spot is his uh, next year if he wants it. And I just yeah. hate to think. It might have been a different result if he played. Yeah, let's just hope he stays yep. fit and strong and, um, you know, no COVID dramas, which was obviously the problem this year. Daniel Ricciardo has come out and basically uh, uh, said that he's going to continue to drive. I hope he has a change of fortunes because it was a, a bludger of a year for him. Yeah, he's well, he's still said he's got 18 months left on a three-year contract, uh, but he's currently struggling 12th overall in, after 11 races, only on 17 points, where his teammate Lando Norris is seventh on 64 points. But he said, look, I'm committed, I'm committed to McLaren and I'm not walking away from the sport. Now, you'd have to think that he's got a number of Netflix 
uh, deals in the pipeline here over the next 18 months mm. that will require him being in and around the sport. So, yeah, just whether he's re- his heart's really in it and whether uh, McLaren in the end just cut him and pay him out. We'll wait and see. Yeah, it'd be interesting to watch that one. Mm. Now, uh, this story makes me feel uh, a little older. Australian Olympian Scotty James um, is going to get married to his billionaire F1 heiress, Chloe Stroll. Now, uh, I was at that Vancouver Winter Games in 2010, yep. which is obviously going on 13 years ago. But he was 15 and he was coming onto the scene. Obviously, more recently, he took a silver medal in the Winter Olympics. And... Um, yeah, Scotty James, he's, uh looks like he he's a good decision maker. Well, he's taken a silver medal at the Olympics. He's just got a gold, <laughs> mate, for marrying, <laughs> marrying the executive chairman of um, Aston oh, Martin. Uh, billionaire. He's, look, the dad's worth $4.6 billion, so um, mm. Scotty James, congratulations. Well done. He's getting mar- married in um, in Cannes, so you know, he's going to be doing it tough for the rest of his life. I think, oh, Scotty. Good decision. Oh, live, yeah, living the life, <laughs> living the life. Now, um, wrapping it up um, today, back to golf because it has been the it's been the game of the week, I, I, I suppose, because <laughs> of uh, what happened with uh, the great Cameron Smith, the mullet wearing Queensland and forex mm. drinker. Um, you had a hit yesterday. I did have a little, little hit yesterday. Yesterday afternoon, I took my son Tom out. He's never had a round of golf, and I played with my good mate Corey Pearson. And uh, yeah, so so Tom was more excited about just driving the cart there at Moor Park, and um, and then we let him putt every hole. Well, after he sunk the first two putts where where my ball was, and I didn't, um, Corey decided to give him a ten meter putt for ten dollars, and he sunk that as well. Wow! <laughs> so he got back in the cart, and he said, "Dad, I'm a better driver than Mum, and I'm a better putter than you, little bugger." <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, I tell you what, I think he's going to have more choices than Scotty James when he gets old. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. And a big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, if you want to buy a racehorse, Timmy, go go and check out the Osher Group. Fantastic bunch of guys, and uh, they'll point you in the right direction. Yep, the Osher Group. And, of course, thank you to our producer, our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh, back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.